So there's one thing that God truly wants, but He cannot make happen. And that is to be freely loved. That's His desire. That's what He wants. That's His intention. But He can't make that happen. Because He gives us free choice. Because He love that's expressed grudgingly or forcefully or religiously or obligatorily. Any sort of love that's, that's expressed in any way other than freely is not love. And so God gave us the free will to, to love Him. And He desires it. God is love, which means that He has the capacity both to give love and to be loved. God is love. And He created the entire world because He is love. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, Jesus. So this week we are beginning a three-week series on the heart. And in talking about the hearts, we're going to be talking about love quite a bit. And when we talk about love... Our aim is this, that we would love fully, profoundly, authentically, just deeply, and the object of our love being God. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is known as what? The love chapter. And we see among the things that love does, we see that love believes all things. This means that our believing God, that our trusting God is a manifestation of loving Him. If we love God, we trust God. If we love God, we believe God. If we don't truly trust God, and I know this is going to be a kind of a harsh statement, if we don't truly trust God, we don't truly trust Love God, God, not wholeheartedly, because to love Him is to trust Him. To love Him is to recognize that He's not just loving, but He is love. He's not just graceful, but that He is grace. He's not just truthful, He's truth. He's not just patient, He's patience. In fact, God spells this out for us in His Word. In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it's a passage that I imagine most of us have memorized. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your path. So this is interesting, that word acknowledge. It's the word yada. And it means to know and to make known. So it says, in all your ways, know him. In all your ways, make him known. And he will make straight your path. That's the epitome of trust. 
I, I know Jesus. I know how remarkable he is. I know how loving he is. I know how mighty he is. I know how he changed my life. I know him. I trust him. So I want other people to know him too. Because in making that introduction, I'm making an introduction to the most trustworthy, the most dependable, the most integrous. But we aren't just to trust Him with our heart. God is looking for a heart that will love Him with the whole heart. God is looking for hearts that with certainty and sincerity will love Him truly and deeply. We are to love God with our whole heart. And I think in our culture, it requires it requires intentionality because we throw that word love around so often. We, we throw the word awesome around so often. I mean, we just, there's certain words we use way too much and there's a lot of words we use like inappropriately, like literally. Young people, we need to, we need to stop using literally. Like we, because most of the time it's just used in the wrong way. But like, Old people, we need to quit using like awesome and love in the wrong context. Oh, you can you can come you know to my house later on. That's awesome. Not really. That's man. Low, raise your standards. If that's awesome, you got some low standards. Raise your standards, friend. And we use love. We say you know I I love Jesus, but we also say I love jelly beans. I love sleeping in. I love getting my back stretched. When Jesus says things again and again and again and is truly redundant, I mean redundant, saying things multiple times again and again, redundant, over and over, again and again, we should pay attention. I want to read four passages. I'm just going to read them back to back to back to back. Deuteronomy 6, 5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And with all your might, your soul is made up of your mind, your will, your emotions. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, and he said to them, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind." Mark twelve thirty, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. Luke ten twenty-seven, and he answered, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart." With all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Hebrews 4.12 says this. I, I, love, I love Hebrews 4, but Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God, and he's talking about Jesus. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God knows our heart. God knows the intentions of your heart. He knows the thoughts. He knows the deep things of our heart, and He still loves us. 
when God was talking to the prophet Samuel about who would be king and, and in calling David to be chosen, God said this in 1 Samuel 16, 7. The Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. And, and he's talking about Elian. He's talking about David's taller, handsome, you know, just stand outish brother. It says, don't, don't look at his appearance or his height or his stature for I rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. If we were to read a few chapters earlier, we see that the Lord was looking for a man after his own heart to be king over Israel. And then we see in Acts chapter 13, 22, that God proclaims that he found that man in David. A man after his heart who will do my will, is what he said. A man after God's own heart who would do his will. That's how David was described. But I've got to point out, David did some horrible things. David did some things that, that would put you in prison in our age, put you in prison for the rest of your life. And in his, in his time, he wasn't king, should have been killed for doing. He did some horrible things. God describes him as a man after his own heart. God says, this is a man who my will. So why was David described in this way? I think we get a glimpse of it in Psalm 119. Psalm 119, verse 2. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their what? Whole heart. Verse 7. I will praise you with an upright heart. Verse 10. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. Verse 11. I have stored up your word in my heart. I might not sin against you. And then listen to the words that David said to his son Solomon, who is going to be the next king. So when confirming that call, David says this in 1 Chronicles 28, 9. And you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. If you seek him, if you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. When God looked at David's heart, what did he see that would make him declare that he was after his own heart? I'll tell you what he didn't see. He didn't see perfection. He didn't see all integrity all the time. And it's huge. Integrity is what qualifies us for leadership. Integrity is what should, should define us as a follower of Christ. And with David, it, we see some chinks in the air. But I believe here's what contributed to, to God saying this about David. God could look at David 
and say, He has fully committed to me. He has fully committed to me. That's what being wholehearted is, right? Wholehearted. Fully committed. Fully invested. Fully given. Committed. And, and in David, we, we see that. You guys, if our heart is not committed, then we can't fully love God. And if we don't love Him, then we won't trust Him. And if we don't trust Him, then we won't follow Him. Because we only follow who we'll trust. And we only trust who we love. And we only love who we're committed to. You know, my wife was standing up here earlier. I'm committed to her. I love her, but I'm, I'm fully committed to her. Are we fully committed to Jesus? Love, love is an action. Love is a behavior that represents a commitment. To merely describe love in some emotional sense weakens what love is. Love is not a feeling. If love is a feeling, we put it on par with gas. Oof, I got a feeling. Ooh, that's okay, it's past. Oh, that love is past. I, I don't love you anymore. It's not, it's not a mere feeling, it's a commitment. And David was wholehearted for God. He wasn't perfect. He wasn't perfect. His life was messy. His life was dirty. But here's the good news. God's good with messy. God can handle dirty. He can. It doesn't scare him off. It doesn't intimidate him. God can handle messy. He's good with it. What he asks for is our heart. When God looks at our heart, what does he see? It said that that man looks on the appearance, but God looks at the heart. So when he looks at our heart, what does he see? See, when he looked at David's heart, he saw it all, right? He saw the things that David was going to do. He thought he saw this that he was going to see Bathsheba and lust over her and premeditatively bring her up and take advantage of her and sleep with her and kill her husband and put him on the front lines. I mean, he saw it all. He saw it all. When he saw David, he saw it all. So when God looks at our heart, what does he see? And I, be, I believe as clearly as can be, as clearly as can be, he sees, he sees commitment. Just like we're at this door, And we can recognize that this door is open or closed. He looks at our hearts and he sees whether our hearts are open or closed. See, in Revelation, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock.
He sees if we have given him access. He sees if we have given him place. We see if we have committed, fully committed to him. He sees it. If I was standing up here, you know, the, with a glass, you know, a clear glass of liquid, you could see whether it was empty or full. When he sees hearts, I think he sees that person has given me access or hasn't given me access. And he sees he's left the door open for me. She's left the door open for me. She's accessible to me. She's available to me. What does it mean to leave the door open? We have no fear. We're not worried of pests getting in. We're not worried of intruders getting in. Security, we have peace. You're welcome. You're welcome. Come on in. Hey, I'm going to pop over to your house. All right, doors open. Come on in. When God looks at our heart, what does he see? To love him with our whole heart means there's a commitment to love. To serve him with our whole soul means there's a commitment to serve. To trust him with our whole heart means we believe the best about him. I'm a sports guy. I, I love sports, but I, man, I hate fair weather fans. I do. It bugs. It just bugs the heck out of me. Team's doing good, and everyone's like, "Yeah, this is my team. They're awesome." Team's doing bad. That coach stinks. Offensive coordinator stinks. Quarterback stinks. Whole team stinks. And I'm like, "Man, you loved them last week when they won, and now it's the first half, and we're down by three, and you hate them." God's not a fair weather fan towards us in any way. And he's looking for those who are, who, who will love him, who will worship him in spirit and in truth, who will be wholehearted for him. I love that passage in Revelation that says he stands at the door and knocks. You know why? Because just as I said, he desires our freely given love. And he's not going to keep the door down. And he's not a puppet master or a manipulator. And he's not heavy-handed. And he's not going to force us to love him. He's not going to force you to love him. If he sees the door closed, he's going to knock. Hey. Hey, it's me. He's not going to sit there and go, I know you're in there. I know you're in there. I saw you through the window. He's not going to do that. He's going to be like, I'll just be outside waiting. I'll be here for you. When it says that God looks at the heart, I firmly, I mean, I've given a, a lot of thought of this. There's over a hundred passages on the hearts and I read them all. I, I downloaded them all. I, I sorted them into categories. The, the categories that, hold on, let me, let me read some of the categories. This is my notes, so I'm just going to, all right. All right, here's some of the categories that I, that I came up with. So I, I put the category of evil slash hardened slash foolish heart. Those were fun. Uh, protect slash don't let it be troubled. So I want your heart. Cleanse slash renew. Those were good. God sees and God tests the heart. There were a bunch of those. Love, trust, believe, seek, and fear God. That kind of goes all into this love, trust, seek, believe, fear God category. 
A lot of those. A lot of those. Uh, from the mouth speaks, it decides, it reflects. So, yeah, those. And then you have treasure, which there was only one for that. Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And then one under the category of Holy Spirit poured in. Romans 5, 5, and hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that He has given to us. Are we available? Are we accessible? Is our heart open to God? Can you all think of a single thing in your life? A single thing that thrives without commitment? Think of a single relationship that thrives without commitment. Think about a single goal that thrives, that you are successful at without commitment. Fitness goals, personal goals, business Nothing succeeds without commitment, and that's exactly what believing in Jesus is. It's a commitment. I believe in you. I said it earlier when I when I came up and did the intro. I believe in you. Now, Lord, help me to know you and help me to love you. Because I believe what, what your word says about you. I believe. And Lord, I just want to—I want to love you deeply. So help me. When we believe in Jesus, we commit to Him. We commit to following Him. We commit to grow in love with Him. We commit to giving Him unfettered access to our hearts. We commit to Him having His way in our life. And this is exactly what it means for Jesus to be Lord of your life. To be, to be Savior just means that you acknowledge He saved you, that you're a sinner. That, that's not a hard acknowledgement. We all have mirrors. We all have the mirrors of our hearts that know, you know who we were and that we were saved. We were in need of a Savior. But to make Him Lord says, you get your way in my life. Even if I don't like it, you get your way. Because I trust you because your way is better than mine. And that's one of the ways we reflect our love. So let's just take a moment and ask the Lord what's on His heart for you. What's He speaking to you? What's He stirring to you? Let's look at the door of our heart and let's look at how accessible are are we to the Lord. I mean, because honestly... He'll take that. He'll take it. At least at least that is a form of openness. Even if it's a crack. He'll take it. But I'm telling you, if we're going to love Him wholehearted, it's fling wide the gates of our heart 
and say, you can come and go as you please. You don't have to knock on my heart, Lord. You can come straight in and talk to me and sit with me and dine with me. Be with me. God discerns the heart of man. Scripture tells us that. He discerns the heart of man. He knows if a gift is given with sincerity and love and affection. He knows if the gift given to try and get something. To try and earn his favor. He knows if a gift is given to manipulate. He discerns the heart of men. And he knows if our giving is rooted in love or not. Joy, Joy read that scripture that we are to be cheerful givers, to give with sincerity and love and affection and trust. Not out of obligation, not out of manipulation, not out of some religious hang-up, but out of love. For here three... 3 through 4 says this, Do not let your adorning be external. The braiding of hair and the putting on of goldery or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of this. The hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. Have you ever stepped into gray bath water? If you had siblings, you stepped into to gray bath water. When I was younger, I only had two siblings. And then when I was 15, uh, mom and dad had, had a, uh, another son. And so I, I had another brother. But when I was a kid, I only had two siblings. And if you resisted in a bath, it was bad for you. It was always best to take the first bath first bath was clean and it was fresh it was clear it was hot but then mom would be like all right you're done get out of the bath next right now next we get a little bit more hot water but it wasn't clear anymore it wasn't clear anymore okay and then since there are two assemblies if i resisted i i seem to remember resisting a lot mom i seem to remember getting the third bath a lot. The third bath was gray. You stepped into a gray bath. You stepped in. Now, they still had a little more hot water. Mom would always add a little more hot water. But we didn't waste water. It was a gray bath. And that water just got grimier with, with each passing kid. When we mess up, do we stay there in our grime? When we mess up, we don't have to sit there in our grime. We don't have to sit there in the, in the filth and the griminess. We can step into the showers, the fresh showers of Jesus Christ. So what do we do if our heart is not committed? This, this is the logical end of this message. What do we do if our heart is not committed? 
What do we do if our heart is not wholehearted? I want you to have hope. Here's what we do. We open the door. That's it. He's faithful. He's not going to kick it down. He's not going to pound. He's not going to shame you into opening. We open the door and we say, would you come in? If we're not wholehearted, if we're not fully committed, you know what we do? We say, Jesus, I just need help in this. I've got so much baggage. Or I thought I was loving you wholeheartedly. When I look into the mirror of my heart, I know that I'm not. Lord Jesus, would you help me? Would you help me love you more? Would you help me be more committed to you? Lord? I- I'm loving you partially hearted. I want to love you wholehearted. I want, I want to serve you wholehearted. I want to believe you wholehearted. We open the door and we give him access. We make our lives accessible to him. And we commit. We commit. We decide. We commit to being wholehearted for him. And we ask him for help. And when it comes to our dialogue with the Lord, we're honest and we're open and we're vulnerable, just like David was. Psalm 51 I'm going to read 1 through 4, and then I'm going to read verse 7 and 10 through 13. Verse 1 of Psalm 54. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions, my sins. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. I know my sins, and my sin is ever before me against you. You only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your word and blameless in your judgment. Verse 7, Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be white in snow. Verse 10, David cries out and we can cry out too, Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. This week and the next two weeks, there's going to be a lot of talk about our hearts and about loving God. We, we chose a prop that's familiar to all of us that we're going to see all throughout the day, all throughout every day. And I'm, I'm praying that it will be a reminder to each one of us. Is my heart open or closed to God? Is my life open or closed to God? Am I accessible to Him? And am I wholeheartedly loving him? There's, there's no shame in Christ Jesus. And, and if we're sitting there going, Lord, it's, it's hit or miss. There's times, it's, there's times I'm wholehearted in my love for you. And Lord, there's times I'm apathetic. 
or closed off or untrusting. I mean, there's times that we're like, Lord, there's times I'm going to be off. He's always available. He's always there. Let's just open our hearts to Him.